That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Hello and welcome to another episode of Alienation, the Newcomer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, along with my fabulous brother, Ken. Hello. <laughs> Today we're discussing part two of the first TV movie, Dark Horizon. It originally aired on October 25th, 1994, directed by Kenneth Johnson, and the writers were Diane Frovlo and Andrew Schneider. How did you survive in the desert for five years? I was a slave on the mining colony in Adiron. This earth desert didn't seem so bad. Are those our leaders? I see their picture everywhere. It's just an ad for a spot grid. Ad? To make you want something so you'll go out and buy it. But we know what we want. What we need. Well, it's, it's part of human culture. We've had to adapt. Actually, advertising is how I make my living. George! Susan! You should both be in wheelchairs. We're fine, really. Strong as a lox. Yes. All right, but I want you both to eat a lot of cartilage and fresh lung. To get your strength back. Tell me, why do you choose to live among them? With the humans? <laughs> well, we don't have much choice. Well, not all humans are enemies. You'll see. This is a very good place to live. George and Matt continue to investigate the virus-killing newcomers, which takes a very personal turn for them. A scout from the newcomer's home world is sent to Earth to determine the condition of their slaves. He decides not only will they take the slaves back, but he begins planning to enslave the human population as well. While the Franciscans face medical and spiritual challenges, Matt makes a decision regarding his personal life and chooses between Lorraine and Kathy. Don't you look like with the cat revenant. Left in a hurry last night. Shame you missed dinner. We had some wonderful liver filled with whipped cream. No drinks. Was it something anyone said? Can we just get to work here? Or is that the kind of decision Susan has to make? Are you implying I'm kitty whipped? No, George. I never for a moment thought that you were kitty whipped. We have a missing person, a human, a rancher named Raymond Taylor. Put a hold on that till we finish the Bunkport case. Why? Well, I think it might be of major significance. Major significance? Bunkport probably just stiffed a loan shark. Matt, whoever the murderer was clearly has uncommon martial skills. Also, what? Well, I just have a feeling. A feeling? You mean like Booga Booga, Sixth Sense, ESP? Humor me. Fabric fibers were found under Bunkport's fingernails. It's possible they came from the murderer's clothing. SID is running an analysis. Uh... All right, for our cast list, we have the regular cast members. First off, Terry Trejas, who plays Kathy Frankel. We have Jeff Marcus as Albert Einstein. Eric Pierpoint as Detective George Francisco. Ron Fazler as Captain Brian Grazer. Gary Graham as Detective Matt Sykes. Michelle Scarabelli as Susan Francisco. Lauren Woodland as Emily Francisco. And Sean Six as Buck Francisco. For our guest cast, we have Nina Foch as Barack. Riza Sheffman as Jill. Elizabeth Storm as Slave Mother. Saranda Curry as Terry Cloth. And we have Scott Gordon Patterson as Aponso. 
Don James as Mitch. John Myers as Tom. Robert Donner as Sheriff of Cantill. Lee Bryant as Phyllis Bryant. Rick Zumwalt as Mo Goodluck. Mo Goodluck, nice. Jim Fife as Elliot Riley. Bloomin Young as Kenny Bunkport. Hunani Men as Dr. Quinn. And Ken Kwamung as reporter. Good one, man, because that was... <laughs> oh, it looks like General Grievous. Oh, no, but it's Kevin Grievix as Sam. And, of course, we have the return of Ginny Gago as Detective Beatrice Zapeta. And our final one is Michelle Lamar Richards as Dr. Lois Allen. Yeah, she's a semi-regular as well. Jovan. Jovan. I liked your note. Well, I've been working on my tank, Denise. You wrote, please join me inside a pot of milk. But uh, I got the idea. <sighs> well, here. What are you doing? Hmm? The shirt, the music, this. Kathy, I want us to be together. Oh, Matt. Give us a chance. <laughs> Look, you don't say yes. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drink this sour milk. Matt. I mean it. I will. I'll drink it down to the last curd. It will make you sick. You're going to say yes? Hmm? Okay. Delicious. Matt, I, I appreciate what you're trying to do. But I think it's better if we just stay good friends. It's a pause now, isn't it? I'm sorry. All right, so now we're discussing part two of Dark Horizons. Um, as we had mentioned in the previous podcast, the episode started with a little scene with a mothership of the Tankanese, another slave ship, and they got a beacon uh, letting them know that uh, their 250,000 slaves are on... Something's Yeah, there. something, the third planet. Right. Uh, of our solar system, they're, they're, so they send a scout out to check out and see if the slaves are around, alive, still kicking, what, what's right. going on. Um, so we, you know, as we mentioned with the previous episode, there was the whole concluding of the virus, which is all done and taken care of. So he, so they send this scout who's a Ponzo um, to Earth, and he integrates himself into the Francisco family because he just saved, kind of helped save. Susan and Emily and George's life, but he's not really a scout. He's he's well, like no, a general. He's, not. he's like he. Everybody's like saluting him on the ship, so he's higher than he's not. See, a scout to me is like a grunt. You know, this guy is not a. No, scout. No, he's definitely not a scout. I know you're saying that. I'm just saying he went to scout. Okay, he's not a scout. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's not his term. I'm not calling him a scout, but yes. So he integrates himself into the Francisco family, and they're actually taking him in. Hey, where's he going? Oh. The person was staying with us until they get settled. Whoa. Whoa. Trust me, George. He's not kosher. Well, of course he's not Jewish. What does that have to do with that? What I mean is there's something not right about him. He just needs a little socialization. Well, I let him go to the Bureau of Newcomer Affairs. That's what they're there for. Matt, the was a friend. 
He's proof that. You know, because his story is he was in the Mojave Desert for five years, never saw a human. Um, you know, he even had that rash from the seawater that when they all, first arrived. When they first arrived, but of course, you know, Kathy's all enamored by him, so she doesn't even put two and two together. She just figures he's closer to the water now because he's in L.A., so he's getting it now, which I understand. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Um, so yeah, so he goes to the Francisco house. And I think you had a comment about them, him, his influence on Susan and yeah. What I well, Matt's there when they're the Franciscos are sick. Matt goes in to get a bag of stuff for them, and um, Buck's just like staring him down. You oh know? yeah, and, um, and Matt's like, "What's wrong?" Matt's all, "What's what's the matter?" And yeah. he goes, "You're, You're human. human." Yeah, you know. And then I'm like, "Whoa." Well, I mean, I understand that. I mean, you know, Buck's always been kind of anti-human, but after Uncle Mudry. And his death and all that. Oh, Uncle Moodry. <laughs> you know, but he kind of changed and he kind of became more tolerant. of At the end of the episode, Green Eyes, which they don't even... That storyline's completely dropped. Him making out with his teacher. Oh, yeah. I just remember I that. Yeah, that. Totally. That's completely dropped from this story altogether. That's not even mentioned. Good call. They, they, they like, revert Buck back to the human-hating uh, Tintinisa. He was, like, at the beginning of the series. And then another instance, too, which actually happened in this episode was the neighbor... Yes. She came over and was giving him like a farewell gift. Make sure they're okay. She was, yeah, she was... An okay gift, not a farewell yeah. gift. Like, are yeah. you okay type thing? And then she's trying to sell the house and she's telling them... She's asking if... Uh, Can you keep Emily and Buck inside? Yes. You know, and then she just... You, you could tell that Susan... Yeah, was, it's actually Molly's mom. Yeah, Susan was pissed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy! Hello, Susan. Oh, goodness. I've redecorated. Yes, I can tell. It's nice. It's it's very nice. <laughs> now, oh, I brought you these fresh, raw sweetbreads, gizzards. Oh, thank you. That's <laughs> lovely. Oh, sit down. Oh, I, I really can't stay. The house is for sale, and we're showing it today. You're moving. I know. We'll miss you, too. We're just fed up with the city. We were in Coeur d'Alene last summer. Oh, you wouldn't believe how beautiful Idaho is. So clean. Anyhow, Susan, this is really difficult for me. You know, some people have this stupid prejudice. I mean, I think it's terrible, but we do have to sell our house. Yes. Please don't take this the wrong way, but could you keep Buck and Emily inside this afternoon? Inside? God, this is so hard for me. You see, some people come into a neighborhood, they see newcomers. You understand? Yes, I understand. Get out of my house, Penny. And take this. Susan, you know this has nothing to do with how I felt. Get out! Yeah, but, she, but the, that's what was so weird, because this woman was in a previous episode... Uh, of the series, and she was kind of bigoted then, but also, you know, because she was like, you know, oh, there goes the neighborhood. Molly's like, well, what do you mean? I don't understand what you're talking about. Oh yeah, that's what she. So I mean, that was like in the first episode of this of the TV series. So they brought her back. So obviously, you know, you're you're thinking, well, obviously they got to know the Francisco's better, and she became and they like him. Her. Yeah, it sounded like they were, friends. and it was fine. But she still had that bigotry in her, and she, you know, well, do I don't want them to see that there's Tankinese because they'll lower the house price and. 
you know, not want to move here. Yeah, and Susan gets all pissed off and, and kicks her out. But but she does oblige because Emily wants to go out. She does. She wants to go out. Front. Unfortunately, yeah. And Susan tells her no, go out back. Yeah. I'm starved. There's some cookies in the kitchen for you. I'm gonna get some ivy. Okay. Hey, Mrs. Francisco. Emily. What? Take the ivy from the backyard. I hate the ivy in the backyard. There's no snails. Emily, please. God, Mom, what's your problem? Yeah. So then she's like, yeah, but it, as 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 Michael mentioned, the whole uh, the the guy really influences uh, Susan and Buck, and Susan like changes all of the drapery and all the entire. She brings in all this tank and stuff. And wants to move. Yeah, because he says it's very human like. That's how he commented about her her house. You don't like it much, do you? Well, I suppose it's very human. Yes, I suppose it is. Um, so then, she, so she changes everything, and she's still not satisfied with that. And like Michael just mentioned, she wants to move. Penny came by today. She asked if we could stay inside so we wouldn't scare off people who might buy her house. Penny's a fool. She always has been. It's not just Penny, George. They want to exterminate us. We don't belong here. We can paint the walls all we want, but we're never going to make this our home. And where do you suggest we go? There are communities in the mountains just for Tanktonies. You want us to segregate ourselves? We'd be safe, George. And we wouldn't have to depend on humans. Susan, the world is too small. Everyone on this planet depends on everyone else. We try living with turds. It just doesn't work. We should live with our own, right? Now, why ask him? He's been in the desert for five years. What does he know? He hasn't been polluted by them. He is still Tank Denise. I see. And Emily's like, I'm moving. I oh, yeah. like the mall. My, my mall, my, yeah. Mom wants us to move away. What? She's in the kitchen. I'm not leaving my friends. My school. My mall. I'll go live with Jill. So you can tell she's very... Oh, she's born. Yeah. yeah, she was definitely. <laughs> she was born on the ship. She was born on the ship, before, right almost before it crashed. Right. You know, she's only a few years. She was what, five or so when they crashed. Right. And she became ten when they got out of quarantine and then moved to the. Now she's thirteen. Now she's thirteen. So she's sixteen, really. <laughs> Maybe even seventeen. <laughs> um, so yeah, so she's the most humanized, you right. could say, of of the the bunch. Um, the Vesna, who will become humanized because she was born on her. Oh, as you could tell, that Vesna didn't knew, knew something was up with the Ponzo guy. Oh yeah, she did not like because he goes, "Let me hold her," and she's like, yeah! and she starts <laughs> screaming like, "Oh my god!" It was a flashback <laughs> of my daughter. So I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." No way. Yeah, so, she definitely can sense that something was not right with him. Right. Oh fuck! You better give Vesna her bath. It's getting late. Let me. She's probably scared from everything. I'll take her. So yeah, so the you know the story's continuing. He's trying to find overseers because he's getting ready to re-enslave not only the aliens, but he wants to take the entire six billion human race along with him. And that's what he's doing. He's he's using the Franciscos to get into. He yes. wants to know where George works so George can have access to the overseers. He yes. wants to know. And where unfortunately, George you know says, "Oh, we obliges. can." We can you know he doesn't think he's doing anything wrong. This guy's brand new to just being part of the human civilization, so they're trying to teach him everything. So, and he's asking Kathy where the space shuttle lands. Well, yeah. He's, uh, I'm just, he's just subtle. He's using them. Yes. You know, little by... He's using them, yes. you know, to get what he needs yeah, and what he wants. Yeah, because he winds up, you know, using George's computer 
um, and he starts looking up overseers, and he actually contacts them and has group like meetings with them. I'm missing my backgammon club. I tried to push this till next weekend, but he insisted. Your long wait is over. In a week's time, you'll leave this planet. What? I've been sent to facilitate the recovery of our slaves. The recovery of the slaves? <laughs> it's been five years. This is ridiculous. I mean, the slaves would have to be retrained, reconditioned. You... Sir, I'm sure he didn't mean to question your authority. It's just that, well, we're all just a little surprised. I didn't save them from the virus to leave them here. Oh, the expense will be enormous. Has anyone done a cost analysis? It's not your place to worry about the economics. I also plan to take the humans. Oh, my God. Well, that's an excellent idea, sir. Only... Only what? <laughs> well, they're not very strong. They could still do domestic work. But they're very ugly. <laughs> Who would really want one in their house? <laughs> But the best part about that, even the overseers are so... No, they don't want to go. No, they're like Americanized, too. Yeah. Or, you they're know, very earth, Earthenized, or whatever you want to call them. You can tell they're all business people. Because, because they're, they're all... talking about business and stuff. Yeah. Do you have a cost analysis of how much it's going to cost? I started... I'm laughing. I'm going... <laughs> a cost analysis yeah. of how much it's going to cost to come take all these and reintegrate people. Yeah. So you can tell that they're like, no, nah, we're, we're pretty cool. We just... They're very happy. We got a life here. You, you can tell that all of these newcomers are top of the food chain. Yeah. They're all business leaders, and they all have money. And they're very content so with it's real their life. It was just yeah. kind of funny. Um, so yeah, so we have that. We have uh, you know Matt's always suspicious of Apazzo, um, just because I think uh, he likes Kathy, and you know they have their on and off again thing, and it's kind of off now. And she's liking this new guy that come to town, and he's really smart and he's nice looking, and and they're not just shaking hands. No, they don't. Yeah, they're they're doing more they're getting, little. They're getting more intimate. They're getting like, a little putting their temples together. Temples so to just... friggin' wrists, man. They're making out, buddy. So, <laughs> and and actually, Matt walks in on it when it's going down. So, yeah. so he's jealous of that, and you can tell he's jealous of that. And so, like my brother says, it's his fault. It is his fault. Hey, he started with Lorraine, with dating Lorraine when he was dating Kathy, somewhat. So he has no one to blame but himself. Yep. And she found somebody else that she's attracted to and. You know, she realizes that, you know, this relationship with Matt just can't work and she's going with this other guy that she really likes, um, which does play a key part in the actual story, in the overall story, which is kind of nice. But um, so, yeah, so, the you know, the Matt's always suspicious of, of this new guy. George is starting to get suspicious of this because well, they're guy. finding little because they're fine. They found they're finding bodies. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. You know, the, the guy like the first guy he encounters is a, a human. And yes. he tried. He hits him in the armpit. I guess the armpit. The armpit's a real. It's like getting kicked in the growing yes. for us. Yes. So he hits this guy in the armpit numerous times. Yeah. And you know, because he doesn't know what he is. He doesn't know what a human is. He doesn't know what a human is. So then finally he breaks his neck. But yeah. I mean, he had multiple so high yeah. ninja shot ninja to the freaking <laughs> armpit. So um, uh, you know, George and Matt are finally putting two and two together, and they realize that it's this guy that that he's been staying at George's house. And this guy's a bad guy. Finally. And he's yeah. And they finally realize it. He sends a signal to the the mothership and says, "They're here. I have all two hundred fifty thousand of them, and I have plus six billion six others. billion humans. We're great. We we can do them all. Let's just bring it." So the ship is moving towards 
Barometer. Earth. Wave. Yeah, because they're passing Saturn. Saturn. Yeah. Point. So I mean, you're like, how are they going to get out of this? This is not. And even my brother was kind of like, what's going? I couldn't. On? Remember, I can't. Rem- I couldn't remember because I don't watch this so often. I was like, I have no idea. how to- They better come up with a really good way of getting out of this because <laughs> even if they kill the bad guy, they're still coming. They're still coming. <laughs> and he's saying that as a, as the show's going on. He's yeah. Like, even if they kill me, they're still going to come. What are they going to do? Well, yeah, there's no way they're going to be able to defend themselves. So it was pretty cool. But I knew there had to be some way, because obviously I know that there's more movies. And the overseas were neat, because they were having a meeting also. And they're like, yeah, they have primitive weapons, nuclear weapons. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't affect Chemicals us. that won't affect us, and da-da-da-da. Yeah. But it's just funny, because overseas are like, the humans are weak. What are they, you know? Yeah, they're useless. They, they're we useless. Don't, we don't and, need yeah, them. And the guy's like, well, we can use them for, you know, manual labor stuff. But but it's just, yeah, it was it was, it was was really cool. So, so they wound up, you know... Um, figuring it out. Matt goes to Kathy. Kathy knows something's wrong too and now she puts two and two together and she confronts him and says, you just arrived. What are you here for? Kathy. The isolator you brought to the hospital. I never saw anything that advanced on the ship. The rash on your neck. Five years in the desert and you never saw a human. You just landed here, didn't you? Why are you here? It doesn't matter. I'm going now, and I want you to come with me. No. Get your hands up! Move away from her! This is 1 William 152, requested backup at 846 East Alameda. Get your hands up now! I don't think he really says what he's here for he just says he wants her to go with him and she's like you know and then matt comes they have this huge fight and matt's getting his ass handed oh, yeah. to him yeah kathy jumps in there but she gets tossed aside and he's about to kill matt but then kathy says no no, no i'll go with you just don't kill him and you could tell that the aponso actually really likes her yes you know, yeah, because Kathy's even trying to reason them why stay here, don't yeah. do that. He goes, I can't, it's not me. Yeah, like, that's at the, at the end. Well, still, it's the, well, it's, 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 that, it's that scene when they're towards in, that, though. Yeah, you know, yeah, but you know that they, you know that they he, like each he other. He likes her. Yeah, right, he actually really likes her. He likes her. I mean, he he will take her on as his mate if they you know take the whole crew with us. So, Everybody. so to me, that was his tough exterior had a little bit of chink in the armor, a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's all I'm saying yeah. in that aspect. Yeah, because they have, at the end, there's, you know, he's he's uh, at his ship out in the, the desert area, and, you know, Kathy's with him, and Kathy's like, I can't go. This he's as like, far as I'm going to go. You'll be safe with me. I'll take care of you. No one will hurt you, which is true, because, you know, he's a head honcho, and that's his woman. There's no way she'd ever be messing with And she's not an overseer. Even though she's not an overseer. Yeah, she's, she's, a she's, a slave. A, she's a slave, technically. But he fell in love with her. So he's like, I'll, I'll take care of you. I'll do and she's like, I can't be free if... Knowing everybody no, else is going to no be one else, Yes. Which is great, because that is definitely a quality of Kathy, that she would sacrifice herself. He, he likes Kathy anyways. 
<laughs> Whatever. Okay. Don't do this. You'll be free. You'll be with me. You've seen our life here, our chance at happiness. Don't let them take that away. I'm a soldier, Captain. I have my orders. Tell them that we're dead. Tell them not to come. No. Stay here. Live with us. I cannot change who I am. Neither can I. This is as far as I go. Kathy, I care for you. Come with me. I cannot be free if the others are slaves. And then suddenly, George comes by himself, and he uh, fights. Well, he has that, that thing. Well, he has his, yeah, it's a little, like, crystal, and he says it's like the soul keeper. It's not their actual soul, but it's a symbol, symbolic symbol life. of their soul being with them. And he has it, and he's challenges like, the guy. he challenges Aponso and says, you know, fight me for, for my, my soul. Life, right. Aponso! You and I, for this, keep your life. I don't want it. Or does a Jakar have no honor? Don't do this, George. He'll kill you. George. And he throws it at him. And Aponso fights, you know. And Kathy, uh, oh, he does the Vulcan death grip on Kathy. Oh, George does. George does, yeah. yeah. Knocks her out so she doesn't get involved. And then he uh, attacks the guy, and they fight, you know, and they're both equally strong, but obviously this guy's ninja. This guy's the ninja. <laughs> ninja skills. And he um, whoops George's ass, too. Yeah. This guy's just badass. He He's a badass. He yeah. really is. Um, and then um, Aponto takes, he says, you know, I won't take your life, but I'll take your soul. And he takes a little crystal, and he jumps in his ship, and he starts to take off. And, you know, but he, that's what Michael's talking about. He has this really great moment with... with um, Kathy, mm-hmm. and that's when she's saying, "Don't leave. Stay here with me. You know, live among us." And he's like, "I can't change who I am." And you know, he's having a hard time with it because he likes her. He really, really. I mean, he, you can say he's in love. They're in love with each other, and he he's actually thinking about it, but he knows his nature. He just can't do it. Yeah, because the guy's like it's general. The yeah, guy's so, high up. so he jumps in the ship. He takes off. Matt comes running up, or comes driving up, and he had a, that device that blew up the helicopter in the previous episode that we talked about, yep. where he blew up the helicopter, and he has that, because he dropped it when he was fighting Matt, and Matt picked it up. So he has the, the guy, the ship is just kind of shimmering in one spot, and it's getting ready to blow up if he continue to play with it, yep. but then George comes conscious, and he knocks the thing out of Matt's hand. He yells, Matt, no! Yeah. You know, and Matt's like, dude, we had him. He said, well, yeah, we had him, and so the guy gets away. I had him! I was gonna bring him down! Do you realize what you've done? Yes. Kathy. Ostromna. I had to fight him. He had to take the Sertzo. It's filled with the virus. By the time Apostol reaches the mothership, he'll be dead. They'll think it's this planet. 
They won't come. And he's like, no, he had to leave because he, uh, George, this is genius, put, <laughs> I really did. I thought, wow, this is sick. This is how it's going to happen. <laughs> he put, he put the, vi- the virus inside his little soul catcher. And now the bad alien guy has it. And he's like, he's not going to make it to the ship. And when he cut, when he gets back to the ship, they'll see he's dead. They're going to see he's dead and think it's a toxic environment and, and leave, us alone. leave us alone. And I'm like, oh my God, that's genius. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I think I said it out loud. I was really impressed. I'm like, that is like the perfect way to end it. He was very happy, by the way. I was. Because I didn't want them to do a cheat way of doing right. it. And this was a, a good legitimate. A legitimate, yep. I never even thought of it. It was a really good way to end this uh, movie. And I was like, oh my God, so good. <laughs> so he takes off and then we follow him up into space and... He's yeah. reminiscing. Yeah, it's a close-up of the face, and he's kind of thinking back of this time well, he's on dying. Earth. Well, yeah, he <laughs> is dying. He's dying, people. And it's like his life is flashing before his eyes, and he's remembering Susan and, and George, George and, and the family and the kids and then Kathy. His card. Yeah, his, his newcomer card. He's now a legal resident of He's LA. a free, like a free. Yeah, he's a free alien. Free alien. And no he, more you can see him in his... His eyes, he's like, yeah, maybe I kind of, I kind of, maybe I screwed up. Yeah, here. he's like, maybe I should have stayed with Kathy <laughs> and the humans, and so he's still alive actually when they bring him into the ship. Barely, yeah, barely. And he speaks human. And he says, he's speaking English. Tell him, don't go, stay away. He speaks English. <laughs> he's speaking human. <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> That's why I said he's speaking English. You Thank said you. I'm English. glad you corrected. I me. got you. <laughs> yeah, he's speaking. English, and they're like, I don't understand. And he, he doesn't take any easy. He's like, don't go. Stay away. Um, disease. All, everyone's dead. And you. in the end, he winds up actually he, helping. Uh, being a good... He yeah. was a good I mean, they, they probably would have realized that something was bad. They probably wouldn't have... But they may have sent down another investigator to find out why he died. Right, but he died... But he was able to verbalize and say, stay away. It's a disease. It's a disease. Don't go down there. Yeah, they're all gone. Everyone's dead. Don't bother. And, and then the main commander actually grabs Yeah, that. the woman commander grabs a little bottle and sniffs Takes it. And I'm like, sniff. oh, you're dead, you're too. You're next. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that disease now is, will probably spread Through that on that ship. ship. Um, which I can't remember if there's any kind of mention of it in previous in the next few TV movies. Again, I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Because <laughs> I've never Overall, seen I was really happy with the way it ended. Um, you know, oh, and then... The, the very, very end scene... Oh, we're going is, very, very end. Yes. Well, yeah, because after that scene, it goes to the wedding. Because during the time... Oh, that's right. Yeah, during this whole time, there's another, like, a minor B story where Albert uh, and May are going to be married. Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. <laughs> when Aponso is at the station with George, he sees Albert, and he's like, oh, you know, you let number fours marry. So you let them marry? What do you mean? Oh, he's the number four. Zobby. Albert is as smart as any of us. Those slave classifications are meaningless. You must forgive Apostle. He's been alone in the desert since the crash. Here, everyone is allowed to marry. Oh. Equality, that's... that's good. Congratulations. Excuse me. Which you obviously can tell that's very derogatory. And Albert feels horrible because, you know, he's not as smart as everyone else. And George, George is like, well, we let everybody. Everyone's equal, equal here. Right. Um, but you can tell it affected 
Albert, and he breaks off his marriage. Cause and he even thinks, Apostle, he didn't know. He was just saying, oh, yeah. you let number fours marry. You know? Well, to He's him, like, it's just that's... You're a slave. You're a slum. Yeah. You're, yeah. You have no you're, rights you're, to nothing. You're worse than the worst right, right, slave. Right, right, So, you know, Albert feels bad, and he thinks May deserves something better. So he breaks off the engagement. Albert, have you decided on the color of your wedding gown? I called the wedding off. How come? Because May deserves better than number four. An idiot. Oh, and obviously May's distraught and she's delivering everyone's food all differently and and uh, Matt's like you know uh, Captain you need to do something because Captain Brian's been he's, he's, he's kind of he, he, he belittles yeah. him all he's the time he's always done that but, yeah but you know he's he really bad yeah this. he goes you gotta take care of this you yeah. know yeah so Brian comes up with this great MVP most valuable person personal um, and uh, Albert is the first recipient and it's a plaque and Albert's all happy and everyone's clapping for him and he shows May and she's smiling and you know they're they're back on everybody may I have your attention please thank you um, I have an announcement to make as you've probably heard Chief Ambergie has instituted a new award the MVP most valuable player uh, person to commend outstanding performance in the line of duty particularly among support personnel Deciding the first recipient was a difficult task, but the choice was inescapable. The first ever All Precinct MVP award goes to our own Albert Einstein. Come on up here, Albert. Get your plaque. Now, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. We all know that our station couldn't function without you. Thank you. Thank you. Nice job, Albert. All right, everybody back to work. Uh, listen, now. Sometimes I get a little impatient, but it doesn't mean anything. That's just the way I am. Okay? So I was like, I'm, I'm going around. I'm like, see, I got goose. I'm like, kudos, Captain Brian. <laughs> oh, he did a good kudos, job. Kudos, yeah. buddy. Yeah. Because, you know, he knows, man. That guy has a heart, too. It, oh, it, it was cool. Yeah, it was a really good moment. Albert's like, this is awesome. You know some made-up damn award that I Oh, of course. Shit. Of but, course, but it was just cool. But it, it was, was a really nice, cool. it was a nice little moment. So at the very end of the episode, after the alien dies and the alien scare is all over with, no one's healthy. Uh, May and Albert get married. Yep, they had a ceremony. We watched the ceremony. Um, and it's just a nice little way to end it. And then at the very last scene is Matt slowly walking over a bridge. Kathy slowly walking the other way. They meet up in the middle and they kiss. Yep, and that's how the. The episode ends, and I'm like, you know, that was a nice ending to the series, officially, because they were able to end it properly. But I do know that there's TV movies, so... And then, I, yeah. Yeah, so you know there's going to be more. But it was a nice way... If that was the last episode, I would have been content with that, if that was the last episode, because it was a nice ending. No, it was cool. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, there's a lot of little things that we didn't talk about with Kathy beating up Matt. When she just chucked him over a chair. <laughs> tossed him over a couch. But another thing, too, like the wedding... Um, I like how it was all in Tectonese. Oh, yeah. But at the very end, you know, blah, 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 whatever they're doing. Yeah. And then she goes, and the power are, uh, oh, that, yeah, for yeah. the state of California. State of California. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, they had to tweak it a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of cool. Can legally, yeah, legally marry people in California. <laughs> so they're doing the rituals of their home planet thing, but yes. yet by the power of the state of California. They a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so they got to be technically yeah. legally married in California. Yeah, so. so what did you think of overall? Just because... Not you no, not seen. never seeing it. I 
that would have been a good way to close it because you, it, it, it stopped the alien invasion. You could tell that Matt and Kathy are getting back together. The Franciscos are all healthy and happy. Mm-hmm. You have Albert's happy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was, to me, it was a cool... It was a nice... You could end it. Like you said, you could be content with it. You'd be bummed, but you were like, okay, yeah. this is cool. Were you happy overall with the with the episode? Absolutely. You had never seen it before. Never. Did it feel like you jumped right back into the TV series? Well, I other than better production quality, because that was really great. That that stood out the most to me was the the more you know, the props, lots and, of props. Yeah, because I was like, pointed out like and, you know Home Alone six, and it was a tank to knees doing the same stupid right. With so the open mouth a lot more props, um, a lot more tank to knees heads. I recently watched the series, so I was a little confused in the beginning. Yeah. But I, but I liked how they did try to. But you got all did a crash course. You got back into it. Yeah, it was great. Quick and it was great. Yeah, cool. So what would you give it out of? Uh, I'm giving it a solid one eight. To ten. An eight. Well, that's solid good. eight. I would give it definitely. Yeah, eight. eight solid eight. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. It's a good episode. It was a good episode. Cool. I asked anyone saw Raymond was five days ago. Fred Nader over to the filling station sold him a tank of gas. He remembers because just a few minutes later he saw that shooting star. You know if Taylor knew a Kenny Bunkport. Did he often go into L.A.? Beats me. Matt, I want to check that out. What? I don't see anything. Vultures. Tire marks. 12 inches. Same as Taylor's. It's Taylor. That's odd. Look at the broken ribs. Taylor was hit repeatedly under the arm. In the axilla. What's that mean? He was attacked as if he were a newcomer. Why? Sure as hell don't look like one. No offense, partner. The murderer finally broke Taylor's neck. He could have used Taylor's truck to drive to L.A., where he killed Bunkport. I got a suspect for you, George. Possible. Comes out of the desert after five years, the same day Taylor's murdered. He would have needed clothing, transportation. Tries to kill Taylor, but he doesn't know about humans. So he finally breaks Taylor's neck. Matt, that's so circumstantial. Come on, Detective Two. He's a, whatchamacallit, a a tankedy samurai. He kills with his hands. And where did we find that dead newcomer Bunkport? At the hospital. The first place we met a Posno. I'm getting SID out here. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to some behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. I will start us off. We find out that Albert's name is Glinza, and May's name is Okana. They're Tankanese names, that is. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I did read somewhere that this, that Glinza was different for Albert's name, but I could always swear it was Glinza in the series. So. I thought so, too. If right. you guys know something differently, let us know. Logan, let us know, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Dark Horizon was nominated for an Emmy... For outstanding makeup and a miniseries or special, the Emmy went to the Martin Short Show. Boo! I didn't know that. Yeah, but I could see why because it really was cool. Oh, it definitely deserved. I mean, oh, yeah. really? Cool. It deserved the yeah. the Emmy for absolutely outstanding makeup. Yeah, lots of really cool stuff. Um, in the first reunion movie, Dark Horizon, there was a major blooper. George told Susan that he could remember being taken from his home planet Tankton and being put on a slave ship. In the TV show Contact. It was stated that George was born on the ship. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because she's doing a painting. Yeah, she's doing that And he painting. goes, I can remember. I can barely remember it, but I do, yeah. What a liar. 
But that's another good thing. Uh, that's one thing I liked about the series is that when he sees it in that one episode with they actually Fox, see it, yeah, he's overtaken because he's never stepped foot. Because Mudri had that, yes, Uncle so. Mudri. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Good stuff. So yeah, so that was definitely some good stuff. Dark Horizon was the first Alienation reunion movie. Yep, which we knew that, which was cool, which is very cool because they were, all were there. Yes, everybody came back, so that was cool. Yeah. Got it. Where Taylor's neck was broken, they found newcomer skin cells. I ran a tissue type. It wasn't in the computer. So whoever killed Taylor never went through quarantine? Just like a Posnor. Yeah. What do you make of that? SID found it near Taylor's body. It's the symbol of the Chikar. The what? An elite overseer reconnaissance unit. So? There were no members of the Chikar aboard our ship. Well, how can that be? The military personnel. They're never stationed aboard slave transport ships. Puzzler must have just arrived. What are you talking about? They sent him. He must have landed in the desert. That shooting star. They're coming to enslave us again. George? George! So here's our funny names we have. Funny Tantanese names. Because uh, these are great. These two are really cool. So if you want, <laughs> which one do you want? They're both great. Uh, I'll do the first one. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have Terry Cloth. Terry, T-R-I <laughs> space Cloth. It's obviously a uh, play on words, Terry Cloth, which is a fabric that has loops and can absorb large amounts of water. And what's cool about these names, it's when Aponsa was going through the a database. database. Yeah, the Tankinese database. And it's, you see, there's Terry, a lot there's more. There's a lot more. We couldn't grab them all, but these were These two, two were great. And then, then this, this other one was a, a female uh, Tankinese person, and her name was Kitty Litter. <laughs> so I saw that. I go, no. Yeah, I don't think we no need No explanation describe. needed. Yeah, we we right? need to describe what Kitty Litter is. Right. You know, it's good for <laughs> absorbing oil in your driveway. <laughs> Or <laughs> getting out of a snow. Getting out of snow, yeah. So, uh, and there's other things it's used for, but we're going to use those two right there for you. Yeah. So those were some fun, <laughs> some fun Tankinese names. Yep. That was cool. Susan, is Apostle still here? He left. Did he say where he was going? No. Isn't it enough that he's gone? Our village. It was very little when I was taken, but still I remember. The quality of light, I just can't seem to get it. Susan, we can't go back. We're here now. That's gone. And you're not going to recreate it by segregating yourself in a phony Tanktonese village. That's death, Susan. It's the loss of hope. stop you if you decide to leave but I won't go with you it's against everything I believe I have hope you can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash alienation podcast you can follow us on Twitter at alienation cast you can follow me personally at master Jedi 1975 or you can follow me personally at geeky fanboy we are now on Stitcher Radio. You can download the app on any mobile device and listen to us anytime. And we always love getting reviews on iTunes. Just go to iTunes, type in Alien Nation Podcast, and we would love if you give us a five-star review. You can download the podcast, you can listen to the podcast, or just read show notes at alienationpodcast.com. 
We love getting feedback from you guys. If you want to send any comments about an episode, about a podcast, anything at all, you can send those to alienationpodcasts at gmail.com. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, definitely uh, a fun continuation of the uh, alienation story. Uh, I'm so glad that it got picked up again because I was really bummed when it kind of ended on that cliffhanger and you're like, oh, that sucks. Um, and then four years later, you know, uh, and why did it take him four years though? Sorry for I mean, why it was so popular, you know, they canceled it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the best shows Fox had going. Yes. Why did it take him four years to say, hey, you know what? Let's revisit alienation. I don't I don't understand. That. I don't understand the whole that's just that's business, I guess. Oh, they, so there is no, no rhyme or reason. No, I mean, the Fox canceled it because they got they got rid of all their hour long series, Dramas regardless series, right. of how they were doing. They just decided we're going to do these half hours. We're getting rid of all the hour long stuff, and they they canceled everything, even though it was and they well. all and it was doing well. Mm-hmm. And and then a few years later, they decided they wanted try to, to reopen this again, pick it back up again, and the cast was all available, and so they decided to do it. And what's great is that this did really well in the ratings, and it spawned Prompted. another sequel. Which we will discuss in our next, we'll actually discuss in our next two podcasts. Right. Because we're going to be splitting each TV movie into two podcasts just to make you guys suffer and have to wait. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but also to just kind of stretch out things. Because once these TV movies are done, then we're going to do the movie itself, and then we're going to do the books and the comic books, and then that's it. There's no more alienation. But we, you know, that's we, it. We did well. We discussed in our previous episodes where we were going to be doing revisits of episodes, the favorite episodes of listeners, and have you guys join us. Character profiles. Character profiles. So we have a lot of stuff. We have a few more years of material. So we're going to be out. around, people. Yeah. So hopefully you guys are enjoying these. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode with us. And hopefully you'll be back for our next discussion of the next TV movie, which is called Body and Soul. I'm so excited because I have never seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm Kenny. And I'm Michael. But before we go, always remember, when inviting a stranger into your house, make sure you do a background check. That's a good idea. Probably a good idea, right? All right. (laughs) See you guys. See ya. In every marriage, we celebrate the union of our spiritual ancestors, Celine and Andarco. And today, these four hearts shall be two. We celebrate the integration of our male and our female selves. Today, we are reminded that we cannot live one without the other. This is not just the joining of two lives. It is a symbol of our universal marriage. For in fact, all species are created one. We are one in essence. We are one in destiny. We must strive to see the Creator in each of us, to recognize the Creator in all things. Only thus can we have love and hope. Only thus will we survive. As part of the marriage ceremony, the bride and groom will place their serzos, the symbol of their souls, into the carabla, the eternal ship, as they begin their life voyage together. Glenza. And with the blessing of Celine and Andarco, and the power vested in me by the state of California, I now pronounce you wife and husband. Hi, this is Chris. And this is Rick. 
and we're the hosts of the Ragtag Fugitive Podcast. We're celebrating the original Battlestar Galactica series, and we're doing that by uh, watching an episode in total and commenting on it as it runs. And you know what's really fun about it is we're attempting to bring guest hosts in with us so that we can talk kind of like that mystery science theater kind of thing and we sometimes we make a little fun of the episode and sometimes we talk about how cool it is so you just never know what you're going to get when you listen yes so come and join us we're on itunes you can find us by searching for ragtag fugitive podcast and we're on the stitcher radio network you also can visit our cool website and make comments and have fun looking around in the officer's lounge and all that jazz by going to ragtag fugitive podcast You have our word as a warrior. Word as a warrior? Plank down your cubits and come on over. And let's play a game of Pyramid, the Ragtag Fugitive Podcast. By your command. Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts Kenny, Simon, and Al discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. Alien Nation, the Newcomers Podcast, is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0, United States license, all rights reserved. So, oh, I guess that's me. (laughs) And cue you. (laughs) Today we're discussing... Um, And then he... Helicopter. They're spraying the virus. (laughs) Melophion.